This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thrilled to have you along for another episode. I'm joined, as always, by the man himself for whom this podcast is named. It's Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you doing today, man? Tyler, I'm doing great. It's uh, we're we're a little bit off camber because we typically do these more toward you know the midday or lunch. And uh, today we have a gentleman joining us who uh, actually works for a living, so he could not uh, break loose during the day. So we're we're doing this more toward the evening where we could get a real life uh, conversation uh, with somebody who actually use their skills today. So super excited to, to uh, talk to our guest. Yeah, absolutely. We are thrilled to welcome on the show, Pete Zepatella. He's the CEO of Zepp's Gear, and he's also a, a licensed carpenter and does so, so much more. We're going to learn a lot more about him uh, throughout the rest of this episode. But Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us, guys. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, Pete, um, so we learned about you uh, through Jamie McMillan, who is one of our uh, continuous. Uh, she's like the gift that keeps giving. You know, we keep we keep meeting people through Jamie. And um, so I, I was talking with Jamie and she told me about you and I was following online what you do and why you do it and trying to figure out your whole deal. And then she made the introduction. Uh, so. With, with what you're doing day to day and then your side hustle of what you're building, I thought, man, what a cool guy to have on. So welcome to uh, Straight Out of Crumpton. Uh, give us a little bit of history about you, man. How did you wind up being a carpenter and a CEO, which often don't go together, but maybe they should more? <laughs> maybe they should, eh? Um, well, to be honest, uh, how I became a carpenter is uh, it's a funny story. Uh, when I was younger, right, uh, as a kid, I started uh, very early in my in my carpentry, I guess you could say, in my uh, career, right? I tried to get out of it for a bit, be a mechanic, but dragged right back in. But, uh, yeah, I started off, it was actually my mom pushed me into it. Um, it was uh, basically a typical kid, you know. Uh, I used to go with my parents on the, you know, days or whatever you could say in the summertime, pack, like pick peaches and stuff. I didn't want to do that no more. And I said, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this. Okay, fine. No problem. So she had a friend that was a Finnish carpenter. And back then, like I'm 49. So you can guess how long ago. I've been a carpenter for over 30 years, to be honest. And I started when I was about 13 years old. It was a lot different back then. So younger people can get into trades and stuff. And uh, she actually put, a, put me on a job site. And uh, she's like, you're working with this guy. And the good thing is before then, my dad, he built a barn and stuff like that. So I was always handy with my hands. He taught me how to cut, taught me how to read a measuring tape when I was very, very young. He literally had me straighten out nails and stuff like that. So then I just started, uh, got on with this guy. And then I actually, it was easy for me, to be honest. Like it just came natural. And ever since I've been doing carpentry, to be honest, and the way I became a CEO is I actually made this jacket here, right? Uh, Zep Skier jacket. It actually has a tearaway flap. Uh, I patented it all and everything. And I started this business because on a job site uh, a little while ago, uh, I actually had another jacket on from another company that had the slit for your harness. And I thought, this is cool. And 
can move, you can work better, more mobility. But when I slipped and fell, the jacket had nowhere to go. So it just caught my neck, right? And I, I got lucky. I tell everybody I got lucky. I grabbed the standard as fast as I could, climbed up, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what just happened? I shut my mouth because uh, back then I was really worried about getting fired. And, uh, and then I just started looking online. And I'm like, how everything's the same. Shouldn't be like that. So I took it upon myself and started manufacturing and, and designing stuff. And then I went to a couple friends. Uh, the funny thing is uh, how I got to doing the jacket and stuff. I was actually working on a water tank, building scaffold, doing what I do. And a friend of mine came in one day. And his coveralls were completely like torn apart, like holes everywhere. Comes back a week later, the same coveralls, and they're all patched up. Hey, who did your sewing job, right? Because I had these, the idea was in my head, but I needed somebody to do, I don't sew, right? So I asked, oh, my wife, sew it by hand. I was amazed. I'm like, that looks like a machine. So I got in with uh, Jeff and Tammy, is their name. And uh, Jeff, he's like, introduced me to his wife. And then, well, uh, one thing led to another. She sort of like we became a good combo. I said, this is what I want to do. This is my design. And then, you know, did a couple of different tweaks and stuff like that and came up with the best case scenario that works every time, got tested. So that's how I became a CEO. And I've been doing carpentry ever since my whole entire life, pretty much building houses, anywhere from houses to doing your finished trim to now I do scaffolding. I hang off bridges, do big buildings, do form work. Scaffolding is a very broad, broad trade. So I love it, right? Because you're always creating something. When you walk away, you leave something behind, right? Well, you you just gave us like 9,000 topics to talk about in your opening diatribe. So I'm going to back up just a little bit uh, because a lot, maybe, maybe some of our listeners don't know uh, exactly why you need a jacket that has a flap on the back. So walk us through... Um, I guess let's go down the safety avenue real quick. Um, so you're on scaffolding. Obviously, you have fall protection. That's right. And uh, so you you basically you had on an article of clothing to keep warm. But yet when it came to allowing your fall protection to work properly, it hindered that operation, basically. Exactly. So, so you uh, in, in Zepp's gear came up with the concept of, Okay, I'm gonna make a jacket where I can be warm, but if I should fall, then I've got this. Uh, I was checking it out online too. Uh, yeah, yesterday I think um, they look really cool, and you know, it's it's like logical of how it would work. You know, when you fall, you you know, the gravity's pulling you down, and the flap, I guess, it's Velcro. That's uh, right. Re- releases, so makes total sense. Um, and and we have another lady that I talk to occasionally uh, that's a friend, and she is in the uh, safety field. Uh, Abby Ferry is her name. And she's always talking about women's safety wear, you know, because women can't ever get clothing uh, or, or can't. Traditionally, they had a hard time getting clothing that fit them. That's right. Uh, for, for protective wear. And uh, so... Um, Abby came and Abby's doing this really cool event right now. I'll give them a plug. Safety Justice League is her group. And uh, they are in Chicago doing a uh, a little spinoff at a safety show. Uh, so they kind of doing a little meetup thing with the Safety Justice League. But really three three professionals that do it. But um, 
I just remember uh, Abby telling us how difficult it was because traditionally people think of women's clothing and in the safety variety is called shrink and pink. So you take men's clothing, shrink it down, dye it pink, and you think you've got a woman's uh, safety apparatus. But, you know, body shapes are different and all that. But, uh, yeah, so I, I dig, you know, why you had to do it. It makes sense. So, um all right, so let's dive over to the people people part. So I guess thank thank goodness Mama Z got you squared away and kept your butt out of trouble and got you a job. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that that tends to happen to the best of us, by the way. So tell tell me about the business of being a carpenter um and your your own job sites and you're interacting with with God knows how many different people and different trades and general foremen and safety people. How how do you and this is something that I find so fascinating uh, is how do you take your tradesman brain? Your you know you got hammers. You came out of the womb swinging a hammer. How do you take that? and apply it and overlay your human skills in order to keep your job moving. How does that human side work while you're being safe? A, because you're always at height. Typically if you're building scaffolding, most people don't build scaffolding unless they're off the ground. (laughs) Um, You're, you're typically outdoors. So you got all these, these things going on. And then you got the CEO brain over here cooking away, you know, and I understand that bug because I have it. And it's like, okay, concentrate on your day job. You can think about that other while you're driving. But how does all that work for you? And how do you look that superintendent in the eyeball and keep your crap moving properly? And, And I've been on job sites my whole working life. And it's like a juggernaut of people and, you know, with a million different personalities. So I'll shut up and tell me how, how does that roll out for you? How do you handle that mess or situation? Well, for me, to be honest, uh, I'm a foreman on site, right? So I usually have a crew under me, right? I'm not a general foreman. I'm just a regular foreman that runs a crew. And I'm going to be honest, my brain's always thinking, right? I'm always like, and the thing is when I walk up to a job site, I say, to give me a print right uh i I explain it this way is like i actually envision what i'm going to build before i build it you know what i mean so when i'm looking at say we'll just take a bridge for example right i got to build a scaffold for painters or whatever so they give me a print and they say well you got to have a platform here you got to do this and do that so while i'm talking to these other people and i usually me personally i always go to whoever i'm building for so if it's a painter or if it's iron workers, whoever, I totally, like, whoever's the lead guy is, I say, come here. So if I do this, 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 is that going to work for you, right? Because I try to actually envision it in my head and picture it built already somewhat, right? So I sort of have a, have a frame there already. So I know, okay, well, from the print you gave me, and when I look at the bridge, this is how it should look. Right. So that's how I start my day. And that's how I push. And to be honest, I'm not my CEO mentality doesn't really shut off <laughs> when I'm yeah. honest. That's how we created Zepskier. Right. So when I'm like, I've got a, a, a spud ratchet out there right now that has an extension on it. Right. Like it's made right in. I'm always looking and looking at the way other guys do things. All right. You got to stop, Pete. What Sorry. the heck is a spud ratchet? 
Oh, so you're, you're dealing with a bunch of dummies here. Remember, I'm an air conditioning guy. You got to spoon feed us, man. Okay, so a spud ratchet, what it is, is actually has a spud end on it. So what happens is a lot of iron workers use it so they can actually adjust holes and stuff like you can line stuff up. It's an overgrown ice pick, right? It's like a big ice pick. Yeah, you could say. And on the other end, well, you know, like a mechanics ratchet, it has the ratchet built right in. And it has whatever sizes, say, like I use, like, say, 1922, right, mill. And there was a guy that was on a site one day, and he found what was happening on the regular ones. When you're when you're cranking or you're taking stuff off, you kept racking your hands, right, because it was so close. So he took, I'm going to be honest, he took it, and he went, you know what, if we weld something on there, and then I took it a step further, we can manufacture it like that. Now you can turn around. You don't have to turn around and pay a guy to weld stuff for you. You just buy the one you want, and it's already extended. So that way, when you're actually ratcheting something together or whatever, your hands are away from where you're ratcheting. You're not racking your hands all the time and smashing them or anything like that, right? So basically, what it, it's a ratchet, and it has a spud end for lining stuff up. We use it to line up ledgers and stuff like that. That's why we use it. A lot of iron workers use them also. Like they use spud wrenches. Right, to line stuff up. So that's that's what, if you understand, that's what a spud ratchet is. So is that something that you developed and are selling as Zeps gear? Yeah, we're selling that also through Zeps gear. We sell that's awesome. Right. Um, what you were talking about is like the jacket. So this would be the jacket here. Like this is the tearaway flap that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. So basically all it is is, right, so you got the hole. So now your, your D-ring comes out. Now you can wear your harness properly to your body. So it's snug to you. You can move better, right? And then what happens is if something did happen and you, it, it complements the harness, this rips open and actually lets the harness come out and do its job. Gotcha. Instead of choking you out like the other one did. Exactly, right? And, then, and the reason I did the V was that's my patent is because I tried different designs, right? There were some like Hydro, for instance. I work at OPG, Hydro, Ontario Power Generation. They tried a square hole. But what would happen is it doesn't complement the harness. So you start hanging sideways like this. So it opens, it, it lets you out, but you're like, you're not hanging the way you're supposed to. Because if you fall on a harness, it's supposed to be upright. And the whole reason for upright is they can rescue you better. And, and you know, you're, you're upright. You're not sideways and cranking on your sides or your hips or anything like that. So that's why I went with that design, right? So to make it better. The other thing I did with with this, like I said, my mind's always going is I put all the other jackets out there that have a little slot in them or something. They'll have nowhere to put your lanyards, right? Yeah. So guys are carrying them around. They're not really where if you look at a harness, well, it's got deep little loops right at your chest where your chest piece was supposed to be. So you can hang your lanyard there, right? So I did the same thing. I did a Velcro strip. So that way you can put your lanyard there. But if something ever happened, you're walk, say you're walking by a handrail and it grabs goes to pull you in, what happens is this strip here will actually rip off, let your lanyard drop, and you're still safe, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna fall. And the reason I put these where they are is because I tell everybody, you could basically put your harness on loose, put the jacket over top, and set the harness properly now. Because where those are, they're they're at your chest here. And what'll happen is you just set your actual chest strap there, you know you're proper. Because I see some people they wear the harnesses up here. It's a choking hazard, or they, they I, I call it the belly strap, right? They wear it down at their belly. I'm like, why? 
the think about this. If you fell this way, you fall out of the harness. That's the whole reason for the chest strap. So little things like that, right? My CEO memory, mine, like you were saying, is it's always on the go. So when I see something, like I took it a step further on one site that was on, and what happened is I noticed like I'd have climbing around, and they the radios right with the mics and everything and the cord. You have it strapped over like a cop, and you know, but it would get hung up. And also, once it gets hung up, and they're still climbing, poof, that radio is gone. Well, I work over water a lot; it's gone. Like you ain't getting it back. So I took it a step further. Like like I said, my mind doesn't shut off, and I took it a step further. And what I did is I put a radio pocket on the inside of the jacket instead now, because if you look at everything that's out there, it's on the outside. What happens? It pops out, right? So I did it on the inside. I put a little loop here so that way you can your cord is not tangling you or nothing like that, right? And then all I did is I put a zipper right here. So that way all you do is you, you pop your mic out, put your mic in right here. Like you just put your mic there. Now all you have is what you really need is your mic. It's right there. So it's close to your face. You can still talk. You can climb around, do your job. You don't have to hold on to anything. You don't have to worry about getting tangled up or getting anything wrapped up. Everything's secure and safe. Tyler, what is, what is the old saying that the, the father of uh, invention is necessity or the yeah, mother exactly. of it? Yeah. So yeah. it's really cool, Pete, that everything that you've done uh, that you just showed us and for for our audience who can't see it's a really high quality uh yellow high viz with uh all the the insa safety color i don't know all the acronyms but it's like you can't miss this dude walking down the road at night that's what i'm saying because he's well lit that's right yeah he's he's well lit and legit but I think that what you've done, you know, you've taken something that uh, worked, which was a jacket, and you've made it a hell of a lot safer. And, you know, and, and part of my job at work is, you know, I, I've had our safety effort. And what I mean by that is all of our companies have a safety representative, whether it be full-time or part-time, and there's 40-some-odd scattered across the country. And, you know, those guys are like you, you know, they're out there trying to figure out the best way to do stuff uh, because some of them are foremen, some of them are VPs or whatever, project managers. I mean, we got a wide breadth of people, but it really comes down to giving the employee, male, female, whatever, the proper gear to do their job in the safest manner we can and and everything you just showed me is like a super enhancement to like a base model, but then you, you know you ramped it up to make it. You know how I equate it is like you're talking about the drawings you look at before you build a project, and yeah. I'm a huge advocate that engineers and and designers should all work in the field before they're allowed to design a job. One um, so because what you envision on that, that's on that paper or on that iPad or however you choose to look at the drawing. Sometimes you look at it, you're like, you can't build that in real life. You know, like I, I see the intent, but you can't do it because of, of circumstances, whether it's material, whether it's tile points, whatever, there, there's always something that you have to adapt your skills into that design to make it buildable. 
And you've done that with your with your uh, products. You know, you've taken a good basic thing that was designed and you made it better. You made you, you know, uh, you enhanced it. So hats off to you for for helping, you, you know, hopefully it's a, a good payday for you one day, but also for, you know, making the industry better. I think that's a hell of a thing. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm trying to make it better, right? Like, and hey, just so you know, I got women's sizes too, right? Like, that actually fit. <laughs> so, I know well, Tyler's looking for a Christmas gift already for his for his lady. So, uh, yeah, true. I'm just saying, it's true. Uh, it's you gotta plan ahead on these sorts of things, you know. They do make pink safety wear, which <laughs> I'm a big fan of. So, anyway, I digress on that, but. Um, no, I, I just applaud you for your ongoing effort to make what was functional uh, a hell of a lot better and, and more safe. So, um, so what's next? I mean, you're you're hanging and banging every day on the scaffolding. Your brain's beating itself up while you're trying to figure out how to do it better. Uh, you don't look 49 years old, for God's sake. <laughs> I, I feel like I must be 90 looking at you, uh, judging by our age difference, but. What's next? I mean, do you want to uh, take Zeps to the next level, or I mean, what are, what are you doing? Well, no, I'd like to seriously take it to the next level. To be honest, uh, like it, I would love for me. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Can't get out of that's who I am. Praise for right. I love the stuff, and I like making things right. So, but what's I think I want to take Zeps here to the next level. Like I tell everybody. I want to be the Under Armour, right, of construction. Like, I want to make stuff for people that actually work. Like, and that actually people are going to be safer using and feel more comfortable out there when you're doing the job. I look at it like this. If I can make you more comfortable, and that's how I talk to my guys. If I can get them in a comfort level where they're more comfortable, they, they actually focus on task at hand. So they focus on what they're doing. But when you see people that are uncomfortable, well, what happens is they're not really focusing on because they're more focusing on the comfort. I want to be more comfortable. Yeah. Focusing on that task at hand. So I'd rather have people focus on task at hand because I'm going to be honest, if you do that, you're going to get better carpenters, better tradespeople all the way around, right? Because they're going to concentrate more on their work. And not get hurt. And not get hurt, right? Yeah. They, they know they're in a safe manner. They're working properly the way they should be. And the thing is, to have people wear their gear properly. Because I see guys, when they throw a harness over a jacket, what's the first thing everybody does? They loosen the shit out of it. Why? Because they want to be, I want to be able to do this and reach and grab whatever. Well, if you put the harness on the jacket properly, you ain't doing that. You're up to like here now, right? Because it's pulling down on the jacket, right? It's like you take your shirt and if you pull down on it, how high can you reach, right? You can't really reach. But if I put it underneath, and I, now I can reach, right? Stuff like that. Because for me, scaffolding, all about reaching, right? You're always leaning out. You're reaching out. If you've seen some of my videos and stuff, you'll see I'm hanging somewhere, right? So, uh, But that's that's what I do, right? You know, and that's the thing is like all trades, like electricians, iron workers, millwrights, you know, like we got the painters out there, everybody. I mean, like everybody who's out there, you know what I mean? Like they deserve something to make them feel better and I want to come home at like I look at at the end of the day, I want everybody to go home to their wife or kids or, you know, I mean, like if it's a woman to her husband or whoever. Sure. Yeah. My motto is send them home at least in the same condition they got to work in, if not better. Exactly. Right. I say send them home better because I say like, you know what? 
you can turn around and say, hey, man, I put that up or I'm part of that. Like, I'm the type of guy my wife hates it, right? Like, we'll go somewhere and I'll be like, look, I'm wrong like this. I'm like, I should, what, are you, what are you doing? We're on vacation. Well, I'm just looking at the crown molding. Or I'm like, I, I, I get it. Believe me. I get it. Right? That's what we do, man. That's what we do. Right? Well, that's the thing. So if you if you give that person, whoever, a woman or man, the gratification of, hey, you, you were on this project. Like I did the casino in Niagara Falls, right? Like I was on that project. It gives you that grab. I helped build that. You know yeah. what I mean? We're going in there. The houses, like a lot of houses in St. Catharines, I've trimmed a lot of houses out. Like when I do a hardwood floor, people go, oh, wow. I'm the one who put it in, man. It makes you feel good, right? Like, hey, I did something good for somebody else, right? You know, uh, you know, I think that's so true in in a lot of, especially in the trades. But even even, I would have to think, you know, like I look at Tyler, and when Tyler produces a piece of content, yeah, and he he, he just did this uh, documentary, uh, I don't know, a couple of three weeks ago, he released it, and it was really really good. I mean, I really was proud of him and for him because of the quality of it. But even though, you know, it's digital and he didn't sweat over it physically, it's still an accomplishment that he used that brain and got that piece delivered. So I think the the sense of the, the sense of accomplishment or delivery of goods and and Seth Godin, he, he's an author I read, an inspirational guy. And he's always talking about ship it. You know, if it's good enough, ship it. Don't wait on perfection. Ship it. And, yeah. you know, whether it's a hardwood floor or, you know, I just got mine redone and I have an appreciation for it. And I, I see a couple of scuffs I got to work on. But, you know, or whether it's a documentary that that Tyler brought all these brilliant pieces of information and people together to put out there for consumption, that's an accomplishment. That's what we do. And, you know, I think people that are, are, are driven to deliver, just we get off on that. You know, it's a little, little I'm going to say it's a power trip, but it's a very gratifying thing for somebody to look at uh, scaffolding or air conditioning or whatever and say, that's cool. And you're like, hell yeah, it's cool. I did it. You know, and you don't say that out loud, but it's oh, just well, internally. You're thinking yeah. it. I had a, a young guy, and I say he's young guy, he's probably your age, Pete. He uh, sent me a picture this week, and uh, yeah, yesterday morning, I think, and he's in Atlanta, and um, he said, does this equipment bring back memories? And that was this piece of crap air handler and these two condensing units. And I'm like, where in the heck is that? Because it looked familiar. I knew I'd been on that roof. And so I, he told me where it was. And, uh, you know, you just – Think back, and and we were so proud of that job then. It was 2003 because it was kind of a unique deal. It was a restaurant, kind of a lot of weird crap on the job, but it worked. And, you know, it's always cool to go back what uh, 20, 20 years later and look at something and go, yeah, that, that withstood the test of time. And I think that's that delivery, man, is really cool, whether it's a jacket or you know, a, a uh, an air conditioner for a bar restaurant. So cool stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Like I, I'm the same way. Like I, I always say like, so my, my whole, like right now what I do is scouting, like I said, but what we do is we, we literally, like I wrap buildings, 
um i i'd be able to send you a really cool picture man what we did is we did a train bridge that's the last project we did and we wrapped the train bridge right like it's all white it just looks like a white building right <laughs> but it's all that way that you know the trades can go in because uh, at that time i was working with iron workers i was working with other carpenters that were doing the concrete right they're formed form workers and then i was working with painters all at the same time so here I am, I got to build a scaffold for all three trades, right? Yeah. But you have to, like, that's why I said, like, I try to envision and I try to get the trades, come talk to me because I know, I know what these guys want. I know what these guys want and I know what these guys, but we got to make it so you guys get everything in one shot, right? Yeah, because there's only one set of scaffolding. It's got to work for everyone. Right? So I got to, yeah. I can manipulate this. Well, this is good for you, but it might not be as good for you, right? But you have to, but that's the whole thing, right? It's communication, right? And That's it, right. It's all about talking and, and, and making, bringing everything together. One guy, uh, an older uh, gentleman told me, one, a carpenter, a journeyman car, he's retired now. Great guy. His name was George Sarkis, right? Great guy. He always was, got to look at it like this. How many hours you work a day? I said, anywhere from 8 to 12 to 13 to 14 hours a day. It could be more, right? Depending on the jobs you're on. You get a shutdown, you can get up to 16 hours a day, right? Like, you're there goes well think about that so when you go home how many hours do you spend with your family he goes the people you work with it's better to be you, you're like a family really right you get like once you you get a crew and you're with the people together for a long time that's like your family that's your family outside of family right like that's your crew so you learn how to work together and you know you can sort of start reading each other right so it makes life easier so if you could start and I, I try to take this to the next level. If I try, if I can read the other trades that I'm working for, it makes my life easier. If I know, okay, I've done so many bridges for these guys and so many bridges for these guys or so many buildings, but I, I start learning and taking it back and saying, I know what they need. It just makes everything easier, right? Because I know, I know what you want already. So all I want to do is spruce it up to how you want it, right? That's just like your friend there, like, you know, he did the edit. Like, but he uses his mind, right? But if he doesn't know, he's not going to do it, right? But he, he can make something beautiful, right? Like everybody's got, I look at people, everybody's got a skill somewhere. That's why my one boss, he says, many hands make light work, right? And it's true, right? Because you just got to, and he always told me, you got to know where to put the people. So whenever you get new guys on site, watch the way they work, and then you'll see where they got to, where they belong, where the skill set is. And where you have to teach a guy a little more or, hey, you know what? This person's really good or this woman's awesome at what she's doing right now. I'm going to put you with her because she's going to train you, right? You got to look at stuff like that, right? So I, I try, I'm trying to and I'm trying to make myself better. Look at things in a whole, right? And then, like you said, I love how you were saying like he sent you a picture of something you've done back in 2003. Like that's how I love that because it's like I remember when I built that or, you know, it gives you that feeling of pride, right? And that's why I, I like to push the guys and make them better. Because when they go home, you want them to go home and say to their wife or their husband, you know what I did today? Oh, yeah, I did this. Or, or I built this. Or, I, you know, when you go to the casino, you're going to see that crown molding up there. I'm the one who put it up. You know what I mean? Stuff, yeah. right? You know what I mean? It gives you that, oh, yeah, right on, right? Inside, right? I always got a kick out of uh, when the – I think it was the United States Capitol. They had uh, they were redoing the gold dome, and for years it was shrouded in, in scaffolding. 
And people are like, I'll be glad when that damn scaffolding's down. I always thought it was really cool because of what it took to build the scaffolding, let alone, you know, refinish the, the gold. And But, you know, scaffolding, if you think about it, you walk around New York City, um, you know, you, you walk through these tunnels that they have built on the sidewalk. And, and it's to protect, you know, everything that's happening above you while they're reworking a building or, and you've got these massive, you know, 20, 40 story things of scaffolding above your head. And it's, you know, you said it a while ago, Pete, you go walk into a restaurant or something, you know, people like us, we look at stuff. I look at ductwork and water piping and all that crap. You yep. look at what, what, what's germane to your life. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't understand, you know, why we sit there and study, you know, that piece of ductwork. But it's because you there's no they have no frame of reference for it. You know, if you look out that building that Tyler's on, you know, every once in a while you'll see a window washer come skimming down behind there. And when I worked in high rise buildings, I always thought that was the coolest job that I did not want to do. <laughs> um, but it's just like you have to have appreciation for somebody's willing to get on a damn bosun's chair and go over the edge of that building. That's cool. Yeah. I don't want to do it, but it's still cool to think about. But I think having that frame of reference for, for any of us, you know, Tyler, we were talking a while ago. He sees a piece of documentary film that somebody else does. He's got that same feeling that I do when I look at a piece of ductwork in a in a building, you know, yeah. like you because you know what it took to build it. And so that that's that's cool. I love I love what you said too about your your the uh I've been talking to a friend of mine, Butch D, who we we've had Butch on here, I think, too, uh for a podcast. But Butch is a 20 plus year friend of mine industry guy and we were talking just this week about the eq the emotional uh, intelligence of skilled workers and how you have to be you know you can't be a complete a-hole any longer in life on a job site because there's so many pieces of communication that have to go on in real time it's just like a them drawing you know everything's kind of coming together now it's not like the electricians are doing their thing and the plumbers are doing their thing. This is all in real time and it's all in, in like right now. So you have all these different relationships you have to figure out. Uh, same with a customer, you know, if it's a service tech, how are they interacting with the customer? How's the service manager? How do you as a foreman, you know, talk to your people? And, and you said it so well a while ago when you get new blood on the job. You have to you have to analyze that to figure out the the starting point for that person. You're going to put them, you know, with with Pam because she's good at hanging. You're going to put them with Bob because he's what whatever. That's up to you to help figure out where to place these people. But it comes down to you being intuitive enough and having the desire to help them grow in order to make the whole thing work. Very true. Very true. So, Pete, we, we're kind of coming up on our time, so I want to be cognizant of that. But I, I, I cognizant. I, I did want to find out. We, we, you said earlier when I asked you what you wanted to do next with Zeps. How do you do that? What, what's your plan? Do you do you go to a 
Carhartt, you go to a Wrangler and uh, and say, "Look what I've got! This is really cool stuff." Or how do you how do you think about showcasing what you've done? Uh, basically, the way I, I think I want to take it is is actually because I'm, I'm a proud union member. I'm a carpenter, right? And the thing is, like that they help me out. Like so, I'm I'm selling to the unions and stuff like that, and pushing it to that next level. Um, by you saying like go to Carhartt or Wrangler or whatever. Um, when I first started, I tried all that. Like I tried going to these companies, but they're sort of like, I don't know how you explain it. Like they're fixed in their ways. No, we don't have any issues. This is good. Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. Like, it's good oh. enough. Don't screw us up. Right. So I'm like, yeah, it's, and in reality, it's not. Right. <laughs> That's why it made sense here. So I, I'm pushing it to that next level. And what I'm trying to do is, if I do partner up with people and I, you know, I do want to collab with people and stuff like that, it'll be people that are already in the field that are pushing to the same type of people that I'm pushing to. I'm not going to go people that say, Oh, my stuff's good. I want people to be honest. Right. So if they say, Oh, I like your gear. Well, we, maybe we can collab. They make something, I make something and then we can collab doing it. Right. Um, I am constantly looking for new, new people to help, you know, get in with and stuff like that to get the market bigger and get this out there. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not a very social media guy. I've tried, I got some stuff out there. Right. But like I work with my hand, I create with my mind. Right. Like, like I said, I mean, that's why I made Zep Skier, right out of here. Right. Um, but to be honest, uh, to push it to the next level, I think what we got to do is get more of the trades on board, and more of the safety guy saying, okay, you know what? Yeah, this is actually what we need. How about the uh, safety harness people? Have you had interaction with them and say, hey, you know, I've, I've got something that's complimentary? Uh, what I did with them is when I first created Zepskier and I actually got my patent like perfected, right? And I was still patent pending back then. I reached out to a bunch of harness companies, like uh, three, yeah. right? And all that. Like I reached out to a bunch of them. And they, they're in the business of making harnesses, right? Because they said, you know, I got this product. And they, they gave me letters. They're like, you know what? That's an excellent product. And they said, we'll give you, yeah, no problem. We'll send you a letter saying, yeah, we, you can wear my product under your product any day because we know it works, right? Um, so in that way, they're on board. But to I tried to push it where, hey, man, you guys want to sell this product or whatever. They're like, we can sell harnesses, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I get that. I, I, I do. I'm just, and I, I'm not trying to solve your marketing issue right now. I just always think, you know, like, because I've got a couple of products that uh, they're they're more on the technology side, but I'm always trying to figure out, like, you know, who's the magic uh, phone number that can make it rain? You know, you're always looking for that number. So, still looking for it. So, but I'll keep well, playing every day, right? That's, that's the that's that's the the name of the game man you just you never know when you're going to have that breakthrough conversation or you're going to be at the trade show and the right person sees it and exactly. you know maybe it's a, a you know some huge bridge building company and they're like okay we're outfitting our whole company with this and they're branding it with their logo and next thing you know it is carhartt so you know carhartt type coverage uh because somebody said we're going with us you know i mean think about new era the ball cap people um you know there were probably a lot of people wearing new era hats 
or maybe that hat you've got on, maybe it's a Richardson hat. And then all of a sudden, Major League Baseball says, we're going to choose new era for all of our hats. Well, they buy a bunch of hats every year. Yeah. But that hat, and I, I mean, no offense to new era or any other hat. I don't know enough about hats, but I know if you get the Major League Baseball to suddenly say, okay, we're going to use your brand. And you're thinking, you know, that's what you need for Zubscare. You know, that's what I need for gravity technology systems to take off. I need a somebody to go, okay, I get it. I, I, it clicks. And But that's what entrepreneurs, we walk around banging our dang heads about all the time is trying to find that person with that that ability to sign that purchase order to make it happen. So we'll never quit looking, uh, you know, some of us will find it. And, and, you know, Tyler, he's trying to interview Mark Cuban, you know, that's, <laughs> we're, we're trying to get Mark Cuban on the show here. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. one, one day we will do that, but you know, we'll have Mark Cuban wearing Zup's gear. We'll make it happen. I, I guess what impresses me the most, Pete, about what we've talked about here today is just that willingness and that ability to, to see a need and then, act on it, right? A lot of us, you know, we'll see something that, oh, hey, this could be better or this could be different and that sort of thing. And then we don't do anything about it. We don't change it. And so that's what I admire, I think, the most about what you've done is is anytime you've seen something that you can do something about, you've done it. And I think that that's really cool. I appreciate that. Well, I had a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, they really got to do that. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I really think I do because it's got to be something done, right? Because I look at it, it makes people safer. At the end of the day, you're more comfortable, you're safer, you're protecting what's protecting you, you protect your harness, right? And the thing is, like, you can actually move better. Your ergonomics is better, right? And and injuries are less, right? And that's that's the goal. All of those are the right reason, you know, to do stuff. And whether it's, it's safer and, and working at, at risk or at height, that's the number one thing, you know, PPE, which I, I, I've learned this through the hierarchy of, of safety apparatus training, you know, PPE is, is kind of like your last resort. You don't want to have to use your PPE. That's right. You want to be able to be on the scaffolding in a safe manner and not fall. Yeah. But if you fall, you want your harness to work. Like, it's, it's kind of like the Wally Coyote video or, or cartoon. Yeah. You just get one crack at it. You don't get to get the rock dropped on your head and start over tomorrow. <laughs> no, that's it. Man. You better make it count and take care of that harness. I, I love that uh, necessity piece. But Well, man, uh, I feel bad. I've, I'm about to make a road trip. I got to go up to the Queen City of Charlotte tonight. So uh, I'm going to get on the road. Tyler's probably got nine more interviews. You got homework to do or something, I'm sure, with all those kids you got. <laughs> but uh, I really do, man. I, I've enjoyed talking with you and learning uh, about what you're doing and why you're doing it in particular. Uh, appreciate you taking time after your busy work day to come on with us. Well, I really appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. I, I really do really, really appreciate you guys having me on the show. And showing my product and, and explaining why I did it and, and why I'm a carpenter and why I like doing what I do, right? You know, so I really do appreciate it. I hope you have a safe journey. Drive safe. Yeah, we will for sure. But I think it's just super inspirational of what you're doing. And, you know, you kind of uh, 
it's kind of like as an entrepreneur, you know, you get you just get a little bit jazzed when you see people out doing it and making crap happen. And uh, from from nothing, you know, I mean, nobody waved a wand on you and said, you're going to be the, the magic jacket boy. You know, you did that. So be proud, man. That's that's good stuff. So I appreciate thank you so much. Yeah. Really, really, really do appreciate it. Well, Tyler. I don't know, man. That was us. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put that one up there in the in the cool book. Yeah, this was a this was a fun one. So thanks again to to Pete. You can find Zepp's gear online at Zepp's Z Z E P P S Gear dot C A. That's Zepp's Gear dot C A. You can find out more about them and what they do. And Greg, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. Yeah, looking forward to it. I was I was looking ahead today, and uh, we got some cool folks coming up. Uh, maybe even another Canadian or two. I'm not going to give it away. The Canucks coming in strong. So uh, lots more to look forward to here on Straight Out of Crumpton. But for this one, thanks again to Pete and to Greg Crumpton. I've been your host, Tyler Kern. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. Bye.